As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. What's up? And welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast here on Friday, October 8th, week five lines. We are taking a look at here Michael Beller, Vic Tafer, and Zach Jackson with you guys. Thank you for steering the ship without me last week. Uh, how's it going over there? How are you guys uh, doing heading into week five? What's up uh, with you, Zach? Uh, I'm good. I'm headed to LA for Browns Chargers, one of the games of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, had, had a little winning week. Um, was on the plane and had to sweat my first quarter under in the Patriots <laughs> uh, uh, Bucks game, but good, re- ready to go. Um, man, this stuff moves fast, doesn't it? It it really does. I mean, already almost one third of the way through the new look uh, seventeen game eighteen week season. Vic, you're getting one of the games too this week. One of the games of the week: Raiders and Bears. Justin Fields starting for good for the Bears. What's up with you, my man? I'm doing good, man. Uh, everyone's getting ready for the uh, return of Khalil Mack. Um, yeah. Played in London a few years back, but this is um, first time in a home game for the Raiders. But yeah, Justin Fields, uh, Raiders coming off a you know, tough loss, but I think they should be able to bounce back. I think um, Derek Carr will try and prove he's not, uh, not shook, like uh, Joy Bulls has said. Yeah, we will uh, get to that game a little bit later and all the other 14 games still remaining on the Week 5 slate. So you guys both had winning weeks last week, 3-2 and two for both of you. I was out once again, so I'm going to be five picks behind you guys the rest of the season. Zach sitting at 9-6, and six. Vic the opposite, 6-9. and nine. I am at 6-4 and four, heading into our Week 5 picks. You guys all know the drill. We'll run through the whole slate. We'll give you a pick for every single game, but really focusing on those five favorites. And right off the bat, the first game we're going to talk about about here Falcons and Jets in London we do have a five fave coming from this one the Falcons 
three-point favorites against the Jets on the uh, neutral site, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. 45-and-a-half is our over-under in this game. Vic, you've got one of your favorite picks in this one, so why don't you take it away? Give us your impressions of what this matchup is going to be and what your pick is. Yeah, it kind of sounds bad on my favorite games in this game, but uh, especially back in the Falcons, who have uh, not been good this year. But, you know, they, they blew the game last week. They should have been they should have won two in a row here, I think. Um, obviously, they lose Cal Ridley. That's a big loss for them. But I think the Jets have too many problems in the secondary. I think the Jets got their, their big Super Bowl win last week. I think it's a good spot for the Falcons. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I can really say that this is a sign of how frustrating this game can be. But Calvin Ridley, I thought, was due for a breakout. And mm-hmm. Calvin Ridley over was going to be one of my fave five picks. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, we're getting ready for the show, and he gets scratched from the game, right? So... Uh, certainly doesn't make my favorite list, but I'll go ahead and go against Vic here and take the Jets. Yeah, this is a, a relatively easy one for, for me to stay away from. Just really don't have a great feeling for either of these teams, or at least uh, the feeling I have isn't good for either of these teams. Not exactly uh, sending our finest across the pond for uh, for the Englanders to watch in this one. I do think that we're seeing Michael Carter take over a larger share of the backfield over these last few weeks. He's had double-digit carries in two of the last three games. The one game where he didn't hit double-digit carries was the game the Jets lost to the Broncos 26-0 and a game where they were chasing pretty much from the word go. So I don't think that's going to be the case in this one. I do think that's going to be a close one regardless of who comes out on top. And and so I think we're going to see Michael Carter get anywhere between you know 11 and 15, 16 carries in this game. And with the way that he's been running the ball, I do think he can get north of the number you see on the screen if you're watching us on YouTube. 43 and a half is his yardage total over under from BetMGM. I like that. And I think that from this point forward, we're going to see more and more Michael Carter for the Jets. So anyone who's been holding him in fantasy, maybe you don't want to start him this week, but I do think week six, week seven, and from that point on, he's going to be someone who at least is part of your decision-making process as you are setting your lineups. I like this one for Michael Carter. Should be a good spot in what could be an otherwise ugly game between these two bad teams and game that's missing Calvin Ridley as well. Uh, Let's get back uh, stateside for our next game, you guys. And this is another really fun game, and I don't know how many people circled Bengals-Packers before the season and thought, yeah, this is going to be one that we're really going to want to watch, but that's where we're at. The Packers in Cincinnati, three-point favorites. 51 is the over-under on this one. I, this, I think this is going to be a fun one, you guys. I mean, I really I really do, and what a great measuring stick for the Bengals, right? Uh, where are you at on this, Zach? Yeah, you know, it's not one I love. Um, but I look at the line, and, you know, you kind of think that Green Bay should be favored by more, but the Bengals are playing well. Now, we don't know. Right now, it appears there is going to be no Joe Mixon, mm-hmm. but maybe that's okay. Uh, Joe Burrow's feeling it. He's healthy, and the defense is much improved. So I'm going to go ahead and ride the home team here. I'm going to assume I'm way against the public on this one, <laughs> and I'll stick with Bengals plus three. Yeah, I thought it was a good spread. I think um, you know the Bengals obviously you know, had some success, and the Packers coming off three wins, which may not be as impressive as people think at first. But uh, the fact that Joe Mixon is, is probably out uh, for me, I was kind of stuck. But that's enough for me to lean towards the Packers a little bit. So not not a, a big play at all, but I'll lean towards the Packers. Yeah, word coming on Thursday, not long before we record this, it looks like Elton Jenkins is going to be able to play for the Packers as well. So that's a big one for them. I think this is a high-scoring game, you guys. I I like the over 51. Not a favorite, not an actual play for me, but... I think this game gets uh, gets into the 50s. I think both of these teams can attack some of the weaknesses on the opposing defenses. And 
it sounds like we're going to get T. Higgins back as well this week. Like the, I really think that the Bengals can can make life tough on that Packers secondary. If uh, the Packers aren't able to get home to Joe Burrow, I do think that the Bengals are going to be able to hang scoring-wise. And so I think we're going to see both teams get up into the, the mid to high 20s in this one, if not maybe the winner push into the 30s. I like this as one of the higher-scoring games of the week. I was actually, to be honest, I thought – I thought this was going to, the total was going to be a little bit lower. I thought I was going to be, when I was opening things up, I was going to be looking at something in the high 40s. But I still feel decent about it being 51. Like, this feels this feels like, like an offensive uh, sort of game for me, even though the Bengals have played in some slower games and they haven't necessarily wanted to put too much on Joe Burrow early on this season. I, I think they're going to have to if they're going to pull off an upset in this game. And so I like this one to be high scoring. That's where I'm sitting on this. Packers and Bengals going over the 51. Our next game, uh, Zach, I'm going to go to you first again because you have an over for our next game as one of our five favorites. It is Vikings and Lions. And nine and a half is the spread on this one. The Vikings are favored by over under 49. This game in Detroit, this is an interesting game. I think there's, uh, you know, Vic's going to disagree with me. I think there's is a potential danger spot for the Vikings. But Zach, when do you take this one away first? Yeah, I saw the Vikings last week. They come out of the first drive where they look great and they don't score again. Um, <laughs> the Browns' defense played really well, and there were just some strange circumstances in that game with long drives. So this is the third straight home game for the Vikings. They need the game. I think they're going to get up and they're going to score a bunch against a banged-up Lions defense. So I think the Lions will uh, participate and it becomes a track meet. I think the Vikings certainly win. But rather than lay the 9 or even 10, I think it mm-hmm. was popping to, uh, in some places, I'm just going to go with over 49 for one of my fave five picks of the week. Yeah, I'm going with the Vikings. Uh, I'm laying nine and a half. It's one of my, my top players. I just think that, uh, you know, Cousins was playing really well. In the last week, he ran into that buzzsaw. Their O-line couldn't stop the Browns pass rush. I think we all kind of saw it coming. Uh, yep. This week, he should be back to having a success again. I also think the Lions, are, yeah, they're a gritty bunch, but a lot of injuries in their O-line, which I think is one of the strengths actually going mm-hmm. you know, into the season, so. I don't think they're going to be able to keep pace with the with the Vikings. Yeah, we, we we do love saying that about the Lions, right? That they're a team that uh, doesn't really hasn't quit in any game uh, this season, certainly, and they've kept a, a handful of games close. But that offense still has uh, struggled, right? They had that flurry against the 49ers in Week One, where they turned what was a blowout into suddenly a one-score game with a chance to tie in the fourth quarter. And then since then, we haven't really seen a ton from the offense. But I still think that they can get to 20 points. So if I think it's going to be close, and I think it's going to be a game that goes over the 49, I'm with you on that, Zach. I was looking for a way to find some leverage rather than uh, taking the 9.5, which certainly I could be wrong about, absolutely, or having to trust these two teams to get into the 50s. So if I'm right about both of those, then rather than laying a minus 110 or a minus 115 on one of those sides, I found a way to get a plus money on basically the same bets, plus 110 for both teams to score at least 20 in this game where it gets into trouble. If this game, if this one ends up being uh, one that uh, I lose on, it gets into trouble uh, with the Vikings pass rush against the uh, the uh, Lions offensive line. The Lions have uh, allowed uh, the fifth highest pressure rate actually in the NFL this season. And we're seeing the Vikings really get home uh, with that pass rush. So that is where I think this could get me into some trouble. And it's part of the reason why it is not one of my five favorite plays. But I think this is I think this is a more fun game than people are expecting it to be between what could be, you know, two not very great teams. The Vikings absolutely need this one at home if they are going to be an NFC playoff contender. So I don't want to challenge that, even though I do think if I'm picking either side, I'm leaning Lions plus nine and a half. Uh, but I do think that this is going to be a game where both teams can can put some points on the board. So I'll take both teams to score at least 20, getting plus 110 on that one. Our next game, you guys, this is actually the first time this has happened, and 
here's something else. Not the first time in the show that this has happened, or in, in this show that this will happen. We all have the same pick on Steelers and Broncos. The Steelers are minus one. The over-under is 39.5. And, and I, I like, what have the Steelers done to be favored? I don't care where the game's being played. Game be being played in Ben Roethlisberger's backyard. Like, there is nothing the Steelers have done this season that should make them a favorite. And yet, here they are sitting minus one against a 3-1 and one Broncos team. And to me, I don't know where you guys are. Like, that just feels like they are begging us to bet on the Broncos, right? They are just be- like, here, you're getting one point with the 3-1 and one Broncos against the Steelers who can't do anything. Like, I am r- not betting this game, but I'm totally running away from the Broncos. If I were betting it, I'm going Steelers minus one. Uh, Zach, where are you sitting on this? Yeah, I'm going to go with over Ben's playing age, 79 and a half. It's been hard to watch. No, um, you know, I, I struggled with this one, and this certainly won't make my card um, yeah, You know, by the time I, I actually put anything in, right? But I just think the Steelers are a prideful bunch. Uh, they do have a good defense. And this is more being down on Denver than anything. So it really gets off the rails for Ben and the Steelers if they don't win this one. I think Boswell with a bomb at the buzzer, and they steal one. Yeah, you know, last week we saw Mike Tomlin making, you know, 40 eyes with Aaron Rodgers. I think Big Ben <laughs> takes that personally. I think that finally is a spark that gets into play a little younger, a little fresher. But nah, to be serious, I just think that I have no faith in the Broncos. I know they have a good yeah. record, but I'm not sold. The defense is obviously pretty good, but the offense to me is a big question mark. And like you said, the Steelers have to win at home. I know the spread definitely wants you to bet the other way, so I'm – I'm avoiding the trap and, and uh, mm-hmm. jumping over the Steelers. Easiest game for me to just nope, put an X right through it as I'm going through the schedule because I want I want no no piece of either side of any props. Just forget about it. Forget about this game. Forget it even exists unless I don't know. You've got like Deontay Johnson or Cortland Sutton on your fantasy team. Other than that. Let's just move on and basically pretend like this one doesn't exist. Next game on the slate is the biggest spread of week five. The Buccaneers laying 10 against the Dolphins in this one. We've got an over-under of 47 and a half. You guys on the same side on the underdog Dolphins catching the 10. Vic, let's hear the case. What do you got for us? Yeah, lock and load. I just think, um, you know, the Buccaneers, obviously, big win last week, an emotional win. Plus, their secondary has a lot of, a lot of holes in me. I think mm-hmm. Jacoby Brissett is good enough to, to stay close in this game against that defense. I think, yeah, Dolphins are not bad. I mean, I think Dolphins may have been a little overrated at the beginning of the year. They were underrated now. There's still some talent on that roster, enough talent to stay close to the Bucs. Yeah, I'm with Vic. I'm taking more than a touchdown because the Bucks were in this huge game in L.A. that everybody wanted to watch, right? And then the game of the century in Foxborough that everybody wanted to watch. Now they're at home playing a team they know they should beat. They're favored by more than a touchdown. I just think the Dolphins are a little bit desperate and score enough against the shaky secondary to keep it within the number. So I think the Bucks win the game. Um, you know, it's not my absolute favorite play of the week, but I can tell you on Monday morning this was one of my first clicks on getting more than a touchdown on the Dolphins here. Well, I'm against you guys. I am Bucks minus 10. It's not near one of my five favorites. This is not something I'm actually going to be uh, putting any money on. If I'm forced to pick one side, though, I go with the Buccaneers. And I think, I mean, I hear what you guys are saying about this Buccaneers secondary, and we have seen them give up some big plays. 
I'm just not sure that Miami's built to exploit it. I think that's really where the issue comes in. We know they're not really going to run the ball on them. They haven't run the ball effectively really in any game this season. And so you really do have to take advantage of the Buccaneers secondary if you're going to put up points on them. And I, I just don't necessarily see it. I mean, you know, no Will Fuller for the Dolphins in this game. And yeah, that's a, that's a loss. It's not something that totally cripples the offense. Jalen Waddles looked decent this year. We know what Devontae Parker can do. Jacoby Brissett seemed to unlock a little bit of something in Mike Kosicki last week. So it's not as though that's a death sentence necessarily, but I just don't think that they are built to take advantage of the Buccaneers uh, secondary in the way that we've seen some other offenses do this season. I think, you know, it's sort of like the Patriots weren't necessarily built to take advantage of them either last week. And we saw how that game went down on the other side. It's the big bounce back effort from this Buccaneers offense this week compared with what they did a week ago. Really like Leonard Fournette in this game. So I think it adds up to the Buccaneers uh, staying maybe south of that uh, 47.5 total, winning this game something like 27 to 10, getting out of there with a relatively easy victory. But definitely not one of my five favorites of the week. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Next game up is one of my five favorites of the week, you guys, and it is one where we are once again all on the same side. We've got the Washington football team plus two and a half at home against the Saints. Um, I'm going to save. I'll sit back and go last year. Who wants to get someone jump in? What is, what's the case for Washington? Either one of you jump in. I'm just against Jameis. That's as simple as that. And that's as quick as that. I'm against the use of Jameis. They're handcuffing my guy. My guy can't. Can't throw the ball deep. I just think uh, bad loss last week. I thought they had that game under control. I'm not sure what exactly Sean Payton is doing, but I just think the offense is kind of confused. The offense is still missing from pieces. Mm-hmm. I can't lay. I can't lay points with them on the road against pretty much anybody. So I'll go with uh, the plucky uh, football team. The plucky little football team out there in DC. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, that's exactly where I'm at, Vic. Like. Why? Uh, what? What has this team done other than a, what we're all going to look back? I mean, we knew it at the time that that was a fluky Week One game against the Packers. And what have they done since then that makes us think they should be road favorites against almost anyone in the NFL? And you know, Washington is, I would say, certainly been one of the more bigger disappointments in the league through four weeks. But uh, like, they at least have stuff. They at least have things going on. They at least have something on offense that you can point to and say, like, they've got an identity. Taylor Heineke doesn't look overmatched, even though he's obviously a bottom third quarterback, bottom third starting quarterback in the league. Like, it's not like everything totally falls apart because he's the starter. There's more talent on defense than they've played to this season. Obviously, you sort of are who you are right now, but I don't know. Just like everything we've seen from the Saints suggests to me that – at best, this should be a pick spread. So to get two and a half points on uh, at, on the home team in what I think is you know a generally even matchup, 
I'll take that all day. I think that ultimately no answer for Terry McLaurin uh, for the Saints in this one. I like Washington plus two and a half. Would even think about uh, just taking this on the money line. I think Washington comes away with a victory in this game. Next game up, this is another one that was hard for me to figure out. Um, and so I'm happy that you guys are on opposite sides of it. It's the Panthers and the Eagles. And this is another one that it opened at three and a half. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, why is this three and a half? Like, what have the Eagles done? They beat the Falcons 32 to six in week one. And, you know, they've looked kind of terrible the last two weeks against good teams in Dallas and Kansas city. But why is this three and a half? Like, shouldn't this be higher? That's, that was my first impression. Now it's down to three and we're looking at a total in this game of 45. So I want to go to you first Vic, because you are on the same page as me. I'm staying away because it's just, it's too screwy, but Vic, you're on the Panthers minus three. So what's the case? Like it's too low. Isn't it too low? Yeah, I think it's good value. I think, and also I think you know the, the move to get Stephon Gilmore it won't pay dividends right away. But I think just in terms right. of morale, get that team now thinks, you know what, the, the brass believes that we can actually make some noise this year, like go mm-hmm. in the playoffs. So I think that's a, a big thing for them. I think the defense is pretty good without Gilmore. I think they had a pretty good year, and despite last week, the Cowboys are tough. I just think the Eagles. Uh, Jalen Hurts is having a great year. I, I thought he'd be a great fantasy guy, but I don't know if there's enough talent on the rest of that roster uh, to to beat the Panthers. You know, the Eagles really stunk in Dallas on Monday night. Dallas is a pretty good team. Mm -hmm. Um, Then they caught Kansas City in a really pissed off, really tough spot back at home. I just think this is a step back into their own weight class. The Eagles are a little desperate. It's not a game I love, Michael, but I do think that Jalen Hurts is playing well. I do think that this Eagles new staff now, um, you know, should learn from these experiences of the last two weeks where games I didn't expect them to win or, or necessarily play great. They, I think they played the Chiefs a little better than the final score indicates, and I think they put that together and put four quarters together this week. Yet again, this is just too like, – I can't trust the Eagles, and I just can't trust a line where it's only minus three with every all the good ink that we've had on the Panthers this season. So I'll say that this game gets over 45. It's also a number that – Feels a little low to me. I was a little surprised to see it down at 45. And, you know, with what Jalen Hurts does, the Eagles are going to run the ball quite a bit. The Panthers are happy to play games that, you know, only get into the low 40s. But I just think there's a little bit too much offensive ability on both sides of this game uh, for it to be south of 45. Like, this could – you don't need to be a shootout to get over 45. Certainly not in today's NFL. And with the big plays that could be made on either side, with the fact that we're seeing a concerted effort from the Panthers – to get Robbie Anderson more involved. Maybe they finally pop him for a big play. 11 targets last week. Didn't really do anything, but they want him more involved. Christian McCaffrey's gotten in a couple of limited practice sessions on Wednesday and Thursday. If he plays, that certainly raises the offensive ceiling, not only for the for the Panthers, but really for the game overall. You know, Maybe forces the Eagles to do a little bit more, forces the Eagles to think a little bit more aggressively in, in what they have to do. Feels like a low number to me. So I'll take this one going over 45 Not one of my five favorites, however. The next game on our slate, Titans and Jaguars. The Titans are four-and-a-half-point favorites. This one in Jacksonville. Presumably, Urban Meyer will be at this game. Presumably, he's made it back to Jacksonville. So, you know, that's good for this team. Uh, Zach, what do you got on this game? Um, Do you guys remember the story of when Mike Vrabel and Urban Meyer were on the same staff? And Urban Meyer ended up on the table one day. I think not. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think something similar is going to happen over three hours. On, uh, <laughs> you know, I did watch, and this says a lot about my social calendar, I did watch the Jaguars-Bengals. I thought the Jags were more focused. I thought they, I thought they played well, right? It came down to the last, last kick of the game. Um, they are showing improvement. Just in this situation, it's probably a no play for me. 
But in this situation where I have to pick one side, I, given the circumstances, all of them, I couldn't possibly be on the Jaguars. I'll take the Titans. Uh, someone could possibly be on the Jaguars, right, Vic? <laughs> yes, one of my, one of my top plays. I, I'm a big Urban Meyer guy. I believe in Urban Meyer. I believe it's all sitting up nicely for him. Took a, <laughs> took a little time off, get the mind, you're fresh, you're a little too stressed out. Obviously, some guy with a cell phone camera kind of ruined that moment. But uh, in all seriousness, I just think, like you said, they played pretty well against the Bengals. They could have won that game. I think Trevor Lawrence is making some strides. And primarily, I think the Titans are just not good. I think people look at their team last mm-hmm. year and kind of like, oh, they're, they're going to bounce back. Oh, they got big Henry. But you watch them play you know, this year. Yeah, obviously, injuries to the receiver. and uh, But um, just the defense is not very good. I just think um, Todd Downing's kind of been a bad hire. So I think you, know, you lose to the Jets. That's that's hard to do. That's you know that's <laughs> not easy. So I, I almost picked the, the Jags for the upset. But I'm going to be conservative. Oh I just take, 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 my four <laughs> and a half, take, take my four and a half and be uh-huh. happy with that. So one thing I love about doing this show, you guys, is that it forces me to look at like literally everything in a game because this was another one that I saw. It's like Jags, Titans, like the Titans are not anywhere near what they've been the last couple of seasons. The Jags are a total mess. Like this is just going to move on. But for the sake of the show, I got to pick something. So let me click through and I find LaVisca Chenault's rush yards over under is one and a half yards. One and a half yards. So no DJ Chark. So that means Visca is on the field for basically every snap now. You know, maybe not in uh, 12 personnel. But other than that, he's going to be out there. Any two wide sets, he's out there. They would like to get him more involved as a runner. I think that was something we all expected once Travis Etienne went down for the season. And so just give me one carry, right? Just give me one non-obvious play design carry for LaVisca Chenault. And I think he gets at least two rushing yards in this one, right? I mean, he's going he's gonna to get the carry. It's going to be there. He's for sure getting the carry in this game. It I'll say be, this for you, Michael. It I could mean, be minus listen, eight yards. <laughs> yeah, I'll say this for you. Anything with the Jaguars on and off the field the rest of the season is in play, right? So <laughs> yeah. you might win this by a bunch. You might go over 80 yards. <laughs> this, this is by far my favorite play on, the whole, on, on our yeah, whole season. for sure. This is phenomenal play. I'm, I'm jealous. I wish I had thought of it. I kind of don't like my Jags pick anymore. I just think uh, it's a surefire winner. <laughs> Let's do it. You got to lay minus 120, but, I mean, how does, like – He's getting the carry, and I think it's going to be more than uh, one and a half yards. So give me Visca. Let's do it, Visca. One of my five faves of the week, LaVisca Chanel, over one and a half rushing yards. Next game up is the Patriots and the Texans. Patriots, nine-point favorites in Houston. Zach, take this one away first. What do you got for us? Yeah, you know, I expect the Patriots to win because the Texans have been helpless, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but laying more than a touchdown with a rookie quarterback on the road, I don't know. Go back to last week. Minus one rushing yards? Is that what the Patriots had? That's not good enough. I I know Belichick knows it. I think Josh McDaniels knows it. And I just looked this week. I think the game circumstances will support it. But I think even before that, there will be a concerted effort to establish a run. And I'm going to take a big bounce back and go over on Damian Harris's yards. Yeah, I'm going with the Texans because I'm an idiot. But uh, I think (laughs) uh, it's early in the season enough where – they're going to have some pride. They got you know, destroyed last week. I think they still believe their coach may have some idea what he's doing. He probably doesn't, but they're going to believe that right now. So <laughs> I think it's the best spot for the Patriots. You know, big emotional near win against their, their, their dumb guy, Tom Brady. So I'm taking the nine points, but I know, like, by halftime, I'll be like, what an idiot. Why would you take nine <laughs> points with that team? But I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm doing it now, and I feel good about it. It could, this this game feels like the what was that week two when the Patriots and Jets played each other 
and it was like seven or seven and a half the Patriots were favored by, and we're just like, that's come on, that's too much. Like the Patriots are, yeah, you know, the Patriots are better. The Patriots are probably going to win, but you know, there's there's nothing with this offense. That's just too many points. And so I bit then, and they ended up winning that game like twenty six to ten. And I'm biting again on this same. Yeah, you know, it just it just feels like too many points for a team that doesn't really have a ton of juice on the offensive side of the ball. So I, that's why I'm taking the Texans. It's not one of my five favorites. It's nowhere near one of my five favorites. I'm not going to play it for real, but it just feels like too many points. So I'm going to go with the Texans plus nine. Next up, Vic, the game you will be at Bears and Raiders. Raiders five and a half point favorites in this one. We got an over-under of 44 and a half. Vic, your impressions of this game and your play for this game as well. Yeah, I'm leaning towards the Raiders. I think it's a good spot for them. Their offensive bounce back. I think the Bears have some issues in the secondary. That's why I went a step further. And my, my play, actually, is Hunter Renfro over uh, 47 and a half receiving yards. Hunter's become a bigger part of the offense than he was last, last year. He was a clutch third down guy. Now he's getting more looks at different, different spots. I think he's uh, gotten better as a route runner, which was his strength of going anyway. So I think he's had a really nice year so far. I think he'll keep that up. I think the uh, over 50 yards is not going to be hard for him this week. Not a play I love, not a game I love, but I do mm-hmm. love this Bears defensive front. And that's before I even registered with me, Vic, that it was Khalil Mack's semi-homecoming game, <laughs> right? Um, I just think that they beat up the Raiders' offensive line enough to keep it close. I think Derek Carr wins it at the end for the home team, for the good guys, but I think the Bears stay within the number. Yeah, that's uh, my lean as well, Bears staying within the number. I also expect that you know now that the Bears have taken that inevitable step and said that Justin Fields is our guy, for good, that we're going to see more Justin Fields style of offense. Uh, that, that week three game against the Browns, I mean, that was Justin Fields stuck in an Andy Dalton offense. We saw them open it up a little bit more for him last week. I think this week is the week that we really see something of a full-fledged offense built around and built for Justin Fields and his strength. So I, I like the Bears to keep within the number. Because of that, and because of the, some of the secondary issues that you mentioned for the Bears, Vic, I think this game goes over 44 and a half. This is a pretty low total, and I just think that the Bears can open things up offensively, even with David Montgomery out Damian Williams a step down not a monstrous step down but definitely a step down but I think the Bears can open things up with Justin Fields the Bears have had some real issues against big play receivers we've seen multiple receivers get beyond that defense and and make some big plays down the field I would think we're going to see that happen from Derek Carr to Henry Ruggs a couple of times in this game and the Bears are going to make some havoc Uh, I agree with you Zach and they're going to get to Derek Carr a handful of times but on the times that he is protected, I think he's going to be able to make that Bears secondary pace. It's a team that desperately could use Kyle Fuller back uh, with uh, without some of that cat mismanagement. Maybe they would still have him. I think this game goes over. I think this is going to be higher scoring than a lot of people are expecting. Give me the Raiders and the Bears to get to at least 45. I think this one is closer to 50 than it is to the 44 and a half that uh, they have to get past to go over. Next up from Vic's game, we go on over to Zach's game. Chargers and Browns, and you know, it's a, we'll call it the second marquee game. I sort of forgot about that Sunday nighter that we've got looming. But Chargers and Browns, definitely one of the big games on the slate here. We've got five faves for, uh, let's see, me in this one and one for Zach as well. Zach, take it away. What do you got in this one? And also just what are you expecting and what's going to be you know, a really, really fun game between two AFC contenders? First, I want to say it's funny we're talking about the lightning bolts because a hellacious storm just rolled in, and I really hope we don't get cut off here, <laughs> that I don't lose power and internet. But, you know, I, I like the Chargers. Um, it's not, you know, Justin Herbert's right, getting a lot of attention, and rightly so, and Austin mm-hmm. Eckler's a running, uh, it's just an absolute bruiser uh, for, for a little guy. But the Chargers' defense has been really impressive, and I know they've been susceptible to the run, 
But Baker Mayfield's banged up. The Browns are on a second straight road trip coming across the country, and I just think the Chargers defense is going to do enough to allow them to win this game by a touchdown. Yeah, I agree. I like the. Uh, I was really impressed with the Chargers seeing him live on Monday night. I think the defense looked really good to me. Uh, Eckler is getting the ball you know, more often in the early downs. He's running hard mm-hmm. between the tackles. Obviously, still a very dangerous guy on, on the outside. I mean, he kind of embarrassed KJ Wright on a, a touchdown. And uh, he also ran through Kwiatkowski in another touchdown. So he's playing really well. I think it's a good spot for him. It's not a big spread. They're at home. Uh, and they, at this point, I think they, they should win these kind of games. They've shown they have the talent to expect that. So I'm, I'm rolling with the Chargers. Yeah, we're all on the Chargers here, and I am on the under as well. We definitely think of the Chargers as you know something of, uh, of an offensively driven team, and they've got one of the brightest young quarterback stars in the league, so obviously that's going to be at least somewhat true, but just take a look back at the games that the Chargers have been in this year. Week 1 against Washington, 20-16. to 16. Week 2 against Dallas, another very offensively charged team, 20-17. to 17. Last week against the Raiders, 28-14. The only one of their games that's gone over the total was against the Chiefs, who basically drafted every game to the over and that barely went over 30 to 24 in that one and you know in some places that was actually an under because by the time that game was kicking off you were sitting at like 54 and a half 55 it started the week as an over but even that one just right at the number basically depending on where you bet it so the Chargers are sort of a sneaky under team and then you've got the Browns Zach you mentioned the injury to Baker Mayfield they've been a team that have played a couple of low scoring games the last two weeks and you know with the injury to Baker Mayfield maybe want to lean on a run game even more that is a very effective run game so I add this all up and I see this game being played more in like that 21 to 17 range rather than a 31 to 27 range so I I really like the under in this one 46 and a half is that mark I think it comes in under that and still going to be a fun competitive game between two very good teams but I do think that it's more of a low scoring one than a high scoring one Next up on our slate, we've got the Cowboys and the Giants, you guys. Cowboys are seven-point favorites at home, 52, the over-under. Uh, Vic, what do you got for this game? Well, I had a hard time because I thought it was a good line, so I went with the, uh, the over. I think the Cowboys obviously will score points. I think um, Sikon Barkley looked great last week. Uh, Daniel Jones has not turned the ball over, which has always been you know his thing. So based on those two things, they should be able to score some points as well. So uh, I'll go with the over. Yeah, I'm going to go the other way for the simple reason that, you know, this opened at 49.5.50, depending on where you got it. It's gone up. I just think the Giants have to try to slow it down. I think they have to try yeah. to play a little, uh, you know, field position, time possession type game. Saquon Barkley looks better, gives them a better chance to do that. So, listen, I'm not going to be shocked if the Cowboys score 31 or 35 and turn this into a blowout. But I think the Giants' game plan is to make it, you know, a 21-17, 24-21 type of game and give themselves a chance to maybe steal one at the end and keep it under the total. Yeah, this just missed being one of my five favorites. I like the Cowboys minus seven. It'll probably be a pick I make um, for it'll probably be one I actually bet on. It'll probably be a pick I make in my super contest pools where you got to pick five games against the spread every week. Uh, it didn't make it here because of Visca. Because you know, if Visca Chenault's going to run for more than one and a half yards, so that bumped <laughs> that bumped the Cowboys out. But. I think it's just, you know, the Cowboys are good. This is a good team. This is a really good offense. This is an offense that's humming. This is an offense that can beat you in a lot of different ways, right? They, they lose Michael Gallup week one. Dalton Schultz is stepping up as the third receiving option here. I mean, there's a lot of different ways for this offense to go in. And I just think that the, the Giants are 
going to have trouble keeping up. They definitely have looked better this season compared with last season. And, you know, just even in recent weeks, they've looked like a more competent team. They maybe aren't going to be quite the bottom feeder that a lot of people expected them to be, myself certainly included, coming into the season. But the Cowboys are just a better team. There's definitely a better team. And I think ultimately we're going to be talking about the Cowboys as obviously not in the top tier, maybe not even in the top two tiers of Super Bowl contenders, but as a team that, you know, wins the NFC East relatively comfortably and has to be mentioned as a Super Bowl contender as we get closer to having those discussions in earnest beyond the teams that we know for sure right now are Super Bowl contenders. So I think if I'm right about them, this is a game that they should control, not 31 to 7, but maybe 31 to 20, something like that. So give me the Cowboys minus 7. It's one I feel pretty good about. Doesn't make my five faves. Not going to be tracking it for our show here, but it's just outside it and one that I feel very comfortable with, one that I will have uh, some of my wallet riding on certainly this week. Next game, you guys, Cardinals and 49ers. Cardinals favored by 5. 50, excuse me, is the over-under in this one. Trey Lance is... Almost certainly going to start. Hasn't been officially announced, at least at my last check, but it's like 99.999% chance that Trey Lance gets his first start for the 49ers. Zach, what's your play for this game? Yeah, I'm going to go with the over. I I think the Cardinals are are obviously scoring a bunch of points. They like an up-tempo game. They can create big plays. On the other side, the 49ers only didn't go over last week because they lost their kicker. Uh, They had a situation where they missed a field goal. They couldn't convert an extra point situation. It changed the shape of the game. I think Trey Lance brings them an energy. I think Kyle Shanahan will put him in positions to succeed. And uh, I like it over 50 because I think it's going to take at least 31 to win this game. I think Trey Lance is going to struggle. I think uh, Niners fans who have been calling for him and and wanting to get rid of Jimmy G are going to miss Jimmy G a little bit. I think there's not a lot. Cardinals are a tough, tricky defense. I think that will come into play. I didn't want to lay um, five with the Cardinals because not actually, you know, I think they also have a pretty decent uh, defense. So I went with the under going head to head with Zach. I think the under, hmm. we'll see how that goes. I was only too ready, Vic, to lay the five oh, with the Cardinals. Sure One of my five favorites of the week. His team shows up, you know, does a little stretch, a little yawn, shows up at the field and puts up 34. Like it's nothing. The one game where they didn't do that was that fluky game against the Jaguars. And thanks to defense and special teams, they still ended up scoring 31 points. But, you know, the offense has just been a force in the three other games. And I just don't see really any team slowing that down. I I need to see it again. I need to see it again. I need to see it in a less fluky way than how the Jaguars did it. And then maybe I'll believe that this Cardinals offense can be slowed down. But the way they've played, they want to play at that level of pace. And I just think that they're, you know, quite comfortably the better team in this game. So I will take the Cardinals. I like the over as well. One of my favorite plays of the week here because every single game the Cardinals have played in this year has gotten to at least 50 points. I think it gets over that number. I think the Cardinals can win this one like 38-17. I really think that this is going to be Anyone who is still on the fence about the Cardinals, perhaps, is no longer going to be on the fence after this week. Uh, This is a team to be reckoned with and certainly an offense to be reckoned with, and we're going to really see that uh, brought to bear against the 49ers on Sunday. Sunday night game, you guys, that is the marquee game of the week. If we can only pick one, Chiefs and Bills in Kansas City. Chiefs are three-point favorites, 56.5 the over-under. That's the highest one to date this season. Uh, Vic, what do you got for us on this uh, really fun Sunday night game? Yeah, I almost hit the Bills. I think, obviously, they're on a roll. Uh, I'll also look at the over, but it's a big number, 56 and a half. So I decided to settle on uh, Josh Allen over 306 and a half passing yards. I think it'll be a wide-open game. He's playing really well. He's got some nice weapons. So I thought that was uh, maybe a safer bet than either the Bills or the over. 
You know, this game means a lot to the Bills. That's no secret mm-hmm. to anyone. It's no secret to odds makers either. I mean, this was two and a half. It's three, right? Like, Sunday night, everyone's watching. Everybody knows Arrowhead. Everybody knows Patrick Mahomes. I think the line is telling you that they're expecting the best effort we've seen from the Bills. I really do. I mean, even last year when Mahomes got hurt in the divisional round, the line was four, right? Mm-hmm. I just think that they're expecting the Bills, and I am too. I'm going to ride it. I think Diggs is going to have a big game. I think Allen's going to have a big game. I'm with you, Vic. And maybe they win outright, but I certainly am taking the Bills in the points here when the line is is basically begging me to. I, <laughs> I like that too. And, you know, I, like, I, I'm just going to be a sucker and just buy the narrative. Give me the over 56 and a half. Like, I think both these teams are going to just, just do exactly what we expect them to do. These are two teams that – not only win with offense, but want to win with offense. They're designed to win with offense. They can win with offense. And just, I mean, look at the games the Chiefs have played. Week one, 62 total points. Week two, 71 total points. Week three, 54. What's up, Chargers? Let's keep that under. And then last week against the the Eagles, 72 total points. I mean, this is a team that is built to go over on their own and then built to also bring that other offense along and have them go over. So, like... You know, it's it's totally like it's not totally narrative driven. It feels like the sucker play here. Fifty six and a half is a big number, regardless of which two teams are on the field. But I just don't see any way that this game is slowed down whatsoever. I think we get exactly what we come for on Sunday night, and this is one where it's like thirty eight thirty five, and we're talking about you know game of the season to this point because uh, this should be a really really fun game between these two big-time contenders in the AFC. Monday night football, Ravens and Colts. Ravens, six-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. We've got an over-under of 45-and-a-half. I'm going to take this one first, actually, you guys. Give me the Ravens. It's one of my five favorites. It's our last, it's our 15th favorite of the episode. Um, I'm going to go Ravens minus six-and-a-half. Quite simply, they're, they're, give me a break, Colts. Like, offense looked like okay against the Dolphins last week. They put up 27 points, and it just feels like, I mean, even going back to that last decent year for Carson Wentz in Philly, it's like everything a Carson Wentz offense does, it's like they have to work 110% to get every little thing. They have to grind out every possession, every yard. They work so hard. And then you compare that against what Baltimore does and how they can rip off chunk yards and the way that they're figuring out their backfield mix and getting Latavius Murray basically the guy there, like Marquise Brown taking that big step forward. Like, it's just it's just so much easier. It's so much easier. And that level of effort that the Colts have to put in versus what the Ravens do, like, I just think that's really where this game is. Not only won, but won relatively comfortably. I like the Ravens laying the six and a half. I think they're one of the better plays of the week this week. I think they're a very good survivor play for those of you who maybe have already used the Buccaneers or want to save the Bucks or the Cowboys or things like that. Feel very good about the Ravens in that way as well. So I'm all over the Ravens. Uh, Zach, what do you got for your last play of the week? Yeah, I like the under. I just think it shapes up as a low possession game. I think both teams trust their kickers when it comes to that, you know, mm-hmm. settle for three early in the game, which helps an under. And I just think if you're the yeah. Colts, you know you're not going to win 31-30. You have to try to win 21-19, 20-14, something like yeah. that. So I just just based on game shape and what we've seen from these two teams before, the Ravens being excited to get home after a weird road trip, uh, but, but both wins. I think they get home, and I think they, the defense shows up, and they really put the clamps on the, on, on the Colts, excuse me. I'm going to steal uh, Beller's word. I think uh, decent. I think Carson Wentz has been decent this year, which is a huge, huge jump from last year. Last year he was awful. Yeah, that's true. So I think you know, the offense is, um, they can run the ball a little bit. To me, it feels like a field goal game. I think the Ravens are good, but not not really great. I think um, Colts are solid. So I'm probably wrong. I'm always wrong on the Colts, but I'll take the Colts <laughs> and the six and a half. 
All right, well, head to head there to end things up. And uh, hey, guys, you know, two winning weeks in a row, two winning weeks uh, for us here on this uh, episode in a row. So let's build on that. Let's make this our third winning week in a row on the Friday edition of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. That guy's ready to make it a winning week for sure. If you are not yet an Athletic subscriber, get yourself in the door 50% off. Just go to theathletic.com slash fantasyfootballpod. You will get that half-off deal for your first year at The Athletic. For Vic Taper and Zach Jackson, I am Michael Beller. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Happy betting. Happy betting.